Welcome back to Money Mile. I'm your host, Justin Waller, and Money Mile is where you share a mile with us and we help you live a better life. We are here to help active people looking forward to an active and phased financial independence and who are ultimately interested in leaving a meaningful legacy. In our last episode, we shared with you some of our thoughts on college planning and how to help with college while not breaking your financial independence plans. From our last episode, you had the homework of picking one of the six college planning pro tips I provided, if appropriate, and focus on improving that area of your college planning. So how did it go? Please let me know which one you picked and what you're going to do differently moving forward. You can email me at info at wallerfc.com. In today's episode, I'm going to talk a bit about the dinosaur in the room, pensions. Specifically, I'm going to talk about five primary ways to maximize the value of your pension. But first, the basics. Pensions are the dinosaurs in the room because many of us are no longer receiving benefits from pensions. But for those of us that are participating in pension programs, they can be tremendously beneficial. The first thing we should clarify is what I am talking about in this episode are the old school defined benefit plans. This is where you would work for one employer for 20 plus years and they give you a defined benefit. This defined benefit is typically in the form of a monthly payment. And the method used to calculate these typically follows a basic formula. It starts with your years of service, a pension factor, a salary factor, and they use these to calculate your unmodified benefit. So let's break it down. The years of service is how long you worked within that system. The pension factor. There are many different systems and some cooperate and some do not, but common factors you may have heard are 2% at 55 or 2% at 60. This means that at the specified age, 60, you will receive an equivalent of 2% of your income for each year of service for the rest of your life. Salary factor. Some systems work off the average of your highest three years, some are your highest year, and there are lots of different permutations of this. You need to be clear on how your system works. Lastly, we come up with the unmodified benefit. If you are married and choose to do so, you can have your spouse receive a portion of your pension benefit if you were to pass away before your spouse. There are a lot of different calculations and systems out there, but the most common that I see are a 50% survivorship benefit and a 100% survivorship benefit. This means that the surviving spouse will receive either 50% or 100% of your chosen benefit. Now, this adjusts all the numbers, so you should be aware of what your unmodified benefit is and what your likely strategy for survivorship will be. The basic framework should help you understand a lot of the scenarios you might face related to your pension. Lots of folks think that a pension is whatever it is, but there are ways to improve the benefits you receive from a pension. You just need to understand how the system works. There are five primary ways you can increase the value of your traditional pension, as we have laid out before. The first of which is to work longer. More years of service equals more benefits. Some pensions also have longevity bonuses. If you reach a certain amount of time in the system, they will increase your benefits even further. Second, change your pension factor. For most of us, this would mean a career change. Trying to go from a 2% at 60 formula to a 2% at 55 will likely entail some sort of career change. 
Now, sometimes these systems will cooperate and sometimes they do not. So keep that in mind if you're looking at a career change. Strategy three, you may also be able to increase your income. This is one that you need to be clear about how your pension system works. If you break your back in your last year of working doing a ton of overtime only to find out that your system either A, doesn't include overtime in their calculations, or B, looks at the average of your last three years, you might be disappointed. Strategy number four. By evaluating all of your options around survivorship benefits, you may also be able to increase how much you actually receive from your pension over time. If it turns out that your surviving spouse's expenses would go down significantly due to a relocation or something like that if you passed away, you might not need a 100% continuation of your pension, and they might be able to be comfortable living with 75% or 50% continuation of your pension. And finally, the fifth strategy here is that depending upon the pension, you may be able to receive a lump sum buyout. Depending upon the situation, this could be a good strategy for you, but I strongly recommend caution in this area as it can be very dangerous. With this framework, I would be remiss if I didn't at least mention Social Security. Social Security can be viewed as its own government-run pension program. If you are covered by some other pension plans, it could wipe out any Social Security benefits you might have available to you, so I recommend you double-check this with your friendly neighborhood financial planner. Social Security is primarily based on your full retirement age and incorporates Social Security wages you received for the highest of 35 years. While you have to have 40 eligible quarters to qualify, the calculations contain 35 years worth of income in the calculation. For most folks I talk with, their full retirement age is between 66 to 67 years old, but a lot of folks can start considering Social Security decisions at 62 and can defer Social Security until age 70. The easiest way to increase your Social Security is to delay taking it until 70. Sometimes this works for folks and sometimes it doesn't because you still have to keep food on your table. Please keep in mind that there are several other benefits from Social Security related to divorce, surviving spouses, children, and the disabled. Social Security is a complex beast and we're only talking about one aspect of it here today. Now, many folks get caught up in the idea of stopping work requires me to take Social Security or start receiving pensions. For most folks, this is the only way they have ever considered it. I would encourage you to at least consider that there are two or possibly three separate decisions. The first of which is when you stop working. Second, when you take your pension. And the third, when you choose to claim Social Security. So I'll share with you a recent example I came across in my office. And since it seems like all of my client stories are Harry and Jenny, we'll stick with them. In this story, Harry had accrued a significant amount of time in a well-paying pension, but had decided to make a career change. His pension formula was 2% at 55, and Harry had no intention of stopping work at 55. He was planning on working until 63, so he had not paid a tremendous amount of attention to the calculations. Unfortunately, his new employer did not participate in the same pension plan he was leaving, so he's going to have to start his own savings plan to make sure his financial independence at 63 was what he wanted it to be. Now, his plan was to save appropriately in his new career and take his pension at 63. One of the ways you can compare different strategies is by looking at the present value of a strategy. The calculations can be a bit cumbersome sometimes, but you can think of it conceptually as, if I were to sell 
my pension, as an example, at a point in the future, how much would that be worth? So in this situation, we ran the numbers on how much Harry's pension would be worth to him at age 63. Because Harry was no longer gaining years of service in that system and his salary was not going up, the only part of his calculation that was changing each year was his pension factor. Between 55 and 63, the factor increased by a total of one half of 1% per year moving forward. Harry's future pension payment at 63 would be approximately $60,000 per year. We assume that Harry is going to live until at least age 83, so he has 20 years to receive his pension. The present value of his pension at 63 was over $450,000. Let's keep in mind here that we're trying to separate the decisions around when you stop working and when you claim your pension and when you claim Social Security if you're eligible. We also looked at the present value of his pension if he took his pension payout at age 55 instead of waiting until 63. His annual payout would be approximately $50,000, which is less, but he will also be receiving his inflation-adjusted pension for 28 years, eight full years of pension payments to reinvest while he is working to increase his resources for the future. This was the equivalent of roughly $400,000 as a head start before age 63. When you look at the present value of his pension at 55, it's well over a million dollars. Harry's new employer is not going to care if Harry has a pension from his old job or not. But Harry will need to be mindful of mitigating the higher taxes from generating an additional income while he is still working. A strategy like this requires discipline. Harry is planning on continuing to work, so taking his pension payments as income and increasing his savings into his employer-sponsored plans to offset the taxable income could take some work, if he can do it at all. He might also look at the pension as his way to pay off his home mortgage before retirement or just establish a taxable investment account or buy a rental property. Who knows what Harry will actually do with it, but by separating the decision-making pieces of this, Harry is able to significantly increase his options. He's planning on working longer, but can take his pension earlier. There are also a number of other scenarios where this can be beneficial. If Harry were to pass away prematurely, at least he would have gotten some of his resources out of the pension plan. He can still opt for his surviving spouse to receive a benefit, and the math of that question does not really change significantly. If the pension system is required to make changes at some point down the road, like minimizing or reducing benefits, he will have already gotten some of his funds out of the system. Obviously, Harry's situation is unique, and strategies like this will not be appropriate for everyone, but it certainly looks promising for Harry. Strategies like this are the financial equivalent of drafting in the swim. If you're in the right place at the right time, it can make your life a lot easier. It doesn't always work out the way you want it to, but if you are paying attention, you can put yourself in a good position to spend notably less energy in the swim or get yourself to T1 a bit faster with the same energy. Please do not consider this a recommendation of what you should do with your pension or social security as everyone's situation is unique and your opportunities are likely going to be different than Harry's. I would suggest that you critically evaluate your options based on your goals and your career path. I would also recommend that you evaluate these options with your friendly neighborhood financial planner. Thank you for listening. I hope that this has been a valuable time spent for you. We are here to help active people looking forward to an active, phased financial independence and ultimately leaving a meaningful legacy. 
As with most things, what you do is more important than what you know. So we're going to talk about a bit of homework for this episode. As your homework, if a pension or social security is part of your strategy, please take a moment to think about separating the decisions around when you might want to stop working and when you want to turn on your pension or social security. Please send an email to info at wallerfc.com. I'd love to hear what ideas you have. That is your homework for this episode. Next episode, we'll be talking about how to build a better spending plan. Until then, keep in mind that if you work out, everything else will too. I look forward to talking with you again next time on Money Mile.